everyone, and welcome to 4.0 in life. I don't know why I started like that. <laughs> I don't know about you guys, but here in Jersey today, it is a dreary, rainy day. I know we need the rain, but I don't know. I was looking forward to a Sunday that was sunny. I could finally get in my backyard and actually clean up after that tropical storm because I have yet to do that. But yeah, I don't know. So before I get started, I'm really excited as always to talk about the fabulous platforms you can find me on Anchor, Breaker, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Overcast Podcasts, Radio Public, Spotify, and Twitter. And the fabulous listeners that I have from Hungary, Belgium, Sweden, France, Morocco, Australia, Poland, Germany, Brazil, Nigeria, Canada, Ireland, and of course, United States of America. Thank you guys so much for listening and tuning in always here on 4.0 in life. So today we are rocking out with episode number 62, Celebrate Yourself. I finally got there. I know I kind of like put it off for a little bit. I did the one size fits all on episode 59. Then Sadie joined me. And then last week I did a trip down memory lane and I was talking about those freezy freakies. I found them on Amazon. Those, I don't know if you guys remember because I was talking about like good things from the eighties, the nineties, the past growing up. But today I'm talking about two things. It's celebrate yourself and then I'm tying it in. I know you guys will be excited. The topic will be rather quick because I am finishing my book. Um, And the reason why I wanted to talk about celebrate yourself is because the end of my book, for those of you who read it, Paperback Princess, you know kind of why I'm talking about celebrate yourself. So let's flash back. Um, For those of you who don't know a lot about me, um, my name is Dina. (laughs) This is my podcast. And I've been podcasting for over a year now. I've been a blogger for 10 years with my dedication to mom and pops. Um, I'm an educator. I'm a mom. I'm a wife. And I didn't always used to celebrate myself. I went through some dark times, mainly because it's very similar to what happened in my book, um, where I went through a divorce and it was really hard and it was hard to celebrate myself. And what I mean by that is – We are so hard on ourselves. We are tremendously hard on ourselves. Um, We wear an outfit that we love. We go to work. Someone doesn't like it. And we just like, oh, my God, I'm so stupid for wearing this. Why did I wear this? And it's like, why, why am I so harsh on myself all the time? So when I went through a divorce, I was very hard on myself, Um, questioning myself Not in a way of why didn't you do better? Because I never questioned myself on that. I know I did an excellent job being a wife. I know I did everything I could in the marriage. But I questioned myself more of why didn't I celebrate the good things more in the marriage than take the bad things? Because I feel like we do that so easily. We will take every negative aspect of something bad that happens and we just throw away all the good things and we instantly turn to the bad things and that's all we think about. Um, it wasn't until I think – oh, my God. I think after my book came out, I celebrated myself. I was like, you know what? I am 
a great person. I've accomplished things in my life. And I guess sometimes in life we need that to happen. We need accomplishments to celebrate who we are. And I don't know why we always need an accomplishment to celebrate who we are. We should honestly just, and this isn't sounding cocky and this isn't saying like walk around and being like, look at me, I'm the best thing in the world today. But especially today with everything going on in the world, it's a very, very, very different world today. We should just honestly celebrate ourselves for being unique, for being different. Um, One really thing that I really want to just get off my chest and I, I steer clear of social media as much as I can lately because unfortunately... It is a political Facebook. It is no longer just Facebook. It's like politics book. There we go. Politics book. So it's not Facebook. It's politics book because it doesn't matter what face you have anyway. What you say paints a picture of who you are and that's the face you wear. If we just celebrate ourselves for being unique and different and just, you know, putting our feelings out there, then that should be enough. I I see way too much of people attacking people for different views. And all I want to say to that is it's okay to disagree. I did an episode about that. I'm actually going to look it up right now because I'm curious what episode it was like. It was okay to disagree, but it was more so like I was talking about with um, in-laws and friends. Let's see. Find them in the wild. Episode 41. (laughs) I'm going through all of my – episodes right here. I want to find this. Oh, here we go. So, okay. I was still doing, so 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23. Where did I go? I can't count. 18, 19, 20. Um, Okay. So episode 20, it was under season three. I was still counting seasons then. I'm going to change these up, but it was why when we disagree, do we dislike? So that was really early on. That was um, December 8th of 2019. So I guess I was prepping for 2020. But yeah, like it's rough out there. It's totally okay to disagree. Oh man. Um, But getting back to the celebrate yourself, what I'm really talking about today on today's topic is just, you, you don't, a simple accomplishment could be, and I know this sounds silly, getting out of bed and maybe exercising for 10 minutes. Celebrate yourself on doing that. I think we need more of that in this world today. I have been super great. And then I fall down this rabbit hole and I'm like, oh, I don't want to do my cardio. Like I need to get back to that. Um, kind of not feeling so great the past couple weeks, feeling better. So I'm going to get back to that. But I was sitting here today and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to celebrate myself because I'm a mom and I'm a wife and I'm an educator and I'm I'm a published author and I don't need to be on the New York Times bestseller list. I think that's the biggest misconception. That's where someone can take their I want to celebrate myself and instantly crash it for you because you're like, well, how many books did you sell? I don't care how many books I sold. I'm a published author. You could find my books on Amazon.com and BarnesandNoble.com. I accomplished something. Okay, so don't try to put it down. Like, dang, y'all, like what is going on? I miss the days where actually two weeks, was it two weeks ago with the tropical storm? Perfect example of the days that I missed where someone was just really nice to me and was like, yay, the power's back on. Have a great day. I'm like, that's what we need. Like we have to take things away to like get nice back. I feel like I, we were like a toddler in timeout for two and a half days, no power. And then it's like, everyone's like, yay. It's like, a, okay, here's an example. Ready? <laughs> the work week starts on a Monday. 
and you're just like the nastiest person ever. And Friday, you're the best person ever. You're so nice to everyone. You're like, bye guys. Have a great weekend. Monday, you're like, (laughs) there we go. That's the perfect example right there for you. So when we talk about celebrate yourself, I'm simply just saying, again, I said it's going to be like a real quick topic because I want to connect it to the book. I've gotten emails about please finish the book and I'm going to finish the book. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. Um, Just honestly, if you have to look at yourself in the mirror, and I know this sounds like high school, like go look at yourself in the mirror. No, go look at yourself in the mirror and just say out loud the things you've accomplished. Okay, maybe you don't have like something that I said. But even, okay, let's say for instance, you're single, you don't have a, you're not in a relationship, you don't have kids, whatever, but you are a strong, independent person. If you have a job, say, I am a teacher, I am an electrician, I, you know, because again, to get to that point, you had to do all this stuff, right? You had to go to school, you had to get an education, you had to accomplish these things. So celebrate these things about yourself, especially like I said, in this world today, you never know what's going to happen in the future anymore? Like this world is crazy. Things are constantly changing. Things are just up in the air, left, right. Who knows what's going to happen? So just celebrate yourself. Sit down today at lunch, sit down today at dinner and just say to your family, I want to celebrate all you while I celebrate myself. And you don't even need to give a reason. You can just celebrate yourself for being who you are. Again, it's not being cocky. I'm not saying walk around and like slap people in the faces and say, celebrate me. That's a different direction. And we're not talking about that. I'm just saying, just celebrate who you are. Be happy of who you are. Find what makes you tick. Find what makes you happy and just go with it. Whew, I need a drink of water real quick. Mm, hydration. All right. So with that being said, I'm answering all your prayers. We're going to finish the book today. I, uh, I'm going to try. Um, and for you guys who are following along, we're on chapter 13. So right after this message, um, yeah, we're going to finish Paperback Princess and celebrate ourselves. Be right back. Okay, we are back and it is time to finish Paperback Princess. Um, these last few chapters are intense. So yeah, bear with me. Chapter 13, Grace Guys. Ross went back to work and was working later and later We discussed starting a family soon, but he said he wanted one more year to build his empire. I thought that was fair, but still wanted to help contribute. Before we left for our vacation and the day after the hurricane, my work thought it would be perfect timing to tell me they wouldn't be continuing the New Jersey program I worked for. I cried for a long time because I was finally making decent money and now being back home, wanted to finally contribute. During our vacation, I discussed some options with Ross and a five-year plan. I decided to go to massage school since the program was less than a year and I could start working sooner than later. The scheduling would allow me to be flexible so when we did decide to start our family, I could take care of the baby and work part-time. I never wanted Ross to be the one who worked all the time. I wanted to work too so he could enjoy time off and mostly his golf time. So with that, I registered and in a month's time, I'd be back in the classroom, but this time as a student. Ross and I were having some ups and downs and that was mainly because he was never home. He was working really late, and on days he wasn't working late, he was doing his annual bowling night with the guys. It was getting harder and harder to spend time since he worked so late, and I was now attending school and studying was taking up majority of my time. The only time we spent together was when I needed to study for my test that required him to enjoy my massage skills. I know it made him happy as he was working very hard, so that at least he could be, so at least he appreciated that from me. But I felt like slowly he was regretting asking me back home since he would never come home. 
I don't want to hear people saying I should stop complaining because he was working hard for us. Because even when he would get out early, he was making plans with his friends. We would occasionally spend date nights on Friday together, but all I wanted was a family and my husband back. Christmas was different that year as we celebrated, but there was distance. We went to his cousin's and always enjoyed Anna's house as she and her husband beautifully restored it. They had three beautiful children, and at first I wasn't truly a fan of her because she was trying to hook her cousin up with Ross when we first started dating. That cousin of hers was enjoying the holidays as well at her house, and of course she sat there with her husband and just stared at us as I joked and said to Ross, Hey, isn't that that girl that tried to date you from Facebook? He laughed and kissed me on the forehead as we walked out to the car. We went home that night and he surprised me with three presents. He said that my three presents would represent a part of my dream, a utility present, and beauty. He was truly crafty when it came to things like this. He walked me into the living room covering my eyes and had me sit down. Open your eyes, Mia. This is your present to help you continue your dream and never stop. Ross, oh my God, I'm in love. I can't believe it. It's beautiful. Ross's first present was a beautiful keyboard. He loved hearing me sing to him and he loved even more when I practiced. So he wanted me to have this. I had a Casio that was pretty basic from 10 years ago from my grandmother that lacked much of the technology I needed. So with that, he granted me a new one. He also got himself one because he said he wanted to learn and practice more often as he found it peaceful. Ross stole my heart with this one. I never expected that because I knew how expensive these things could be. And this Christmas, he previously purchased my mother and his mother a car after he made his first million. I wish he didn't get me anything else as this was all I needed, but out came an envelope for my second gift and a box for my third. My beauty gift was a Michael Kors bag I was eyeing and my third was running boards for my Jeep Wrangler. I knew my mother would appreciate them more than me, but I for sure needed them and was so excited to finally get them as I just got my Jeep two months prior. See, one thing about me that many know is that when I want something, I work 150% to get it. A year prior, a friend of ours had purchased the four-door Jeep Wrangler in black, and I would walk by it every day walking with my puppies and told myself that I would have it soon. October rolled around, and ta-da, it was mine. Ross, of course, graciously contributed and helped me with a down payment because I know secretly he was missing his Jeep Reno, so I guess I could let him drive it. We both opened all our gifts, but I have to admit that my favorite gift from Ross was the sunflower he drew for me. It was a big sunflower, and on the bottom, he wrote the words I needed to see that reminded me that we would always be soulmates no matter what. I ran upstairs and just stared at it. Ross had completed my mini studio where I could record and couldn't have asked for a better present. I placed his artwork on the music stand and took a picture of my setup and then ran downstairs to cuddle with the love of my life. Christmas came and went, as did New Year, and the next best celebration was Ross's birthday. I wasn't sure exactly what he wanted to do, if anything at all, so I just let him decide. Here enters Ross in a fight that would last five hours, ending with me crying again due to the lack of communication. Mia, why wouldn't you plan a birthday party for me? Everyone else's wife does it. John's wife plans all his birthdays, and you couldn't do that for me? I didn't have any words. I once again felt the hurt I felt when he told me I wasn't a great wife. I wasn't sure why he would compare me to anyone else or expect me to read minds. He never voiced his opinion about having a birthday party. I mean, the one time I planned a surprise party was when he turned 30, and I figured that's when you do parties for mile markers. I guess my horrible brain should have been working to know exactly what he wanted. Ross, how was I supposed to know that's what you wanted? You didn't say anything. I shouldn't have to, Mia. You should know. That night, Ross slept in his office. That cold, scary feeling came back, and I stayed up that night making an evite for a birthday party for Ross. I questioned myself numerous times as if I was wrong for not knowing to plan a party, but then I would answer myself back that I wasn't wrong. I then thought to myself that maybe this was his way of telling me I wasn't the wife he he truly wanted. I wasn't like Dion at all. 
She was the epitome of a J. Crew ad and was all about couple dates, couple movie time, and pretty much couple everything. I only saw the true Dion once when she got drunk at a Jets game, and it was pretty funny watching John have to man it up and be the DD. She was carefree like me and just let go for once in her life. She was a Southern ballad vest put with her closet full of hunter boots, Sperry's, and J. Crew everything. I thought to myself that I, owed a, I owned a pair of Sperry's too, but as much as she was the perfect wife, I was happy being me and wish Ross were happy with that as well. Either way, the party was planned, and strangely, Ross picked the place I wanted to have my birthday later that year. I was turning 30 this year and wanted a cool theme and friends and family to just have a great time. Ross liked the idea so much, he wanted to go there. So 10 friends later and some country music is what started the night I will never forget. Chapter 14. It's not my party, but I will cry because I have to. Hey guys, check out my wife, the beep on the dance floor. Ross, what is wrong with you? Why did you do that? Or better yet, what did you call me? Simon grabbed my arm and pulled me aside. He explained to me that John thought it would be funny to tell Ross that the dance instructor showing me how to dance grabbed my butt and I kept dancing while he did that. Simon said it wasn't Ross's fault, but either way, he shouted across the room a name that I was not. John, did you really think that was a great idea knowing he's drinking and we're trying to work out our marriage? Why would you do that? Me, I get over it. It was just a joke. John was joking to so stop it. You're making a scene. I stood there in disbelief. I stood there hoping for someone to hold me and tell me it would be okay. No one came to me. Ross didn't even remove his arm around John to hug me and comfort me. He stood right by his best friend that allowed this all to happen. Ross showed me why after, the, after work, the boys were more important. Ross showed me why in his days off, he would rather be with friends than me. I no longer had a place in Ross's life. I was just some girl he was married to that wasn't a good wife. It wasn't a great party planner. And what word completes my sentence since he treated me like I was nothing? I ran to the bathroom crying and two of my friends ran after me. They reminded me that he cannot talk to me like that and I needed to make that very clear. They helped me dry my tears and walk me back out. I walked back up to Ross with whatever I had left and told him I was leaving. He looked at me, smiled, reminded me to get over the joke and just stared at me with his drunken smile. It burned inside as I was being put on a random shelf and his best friend was placed right next to him. His so-called best friend watched this all go down and not once reminded him he was being out of line and should be by my side. I drove home that night, walked into the empty dark house I became so accustomed to and got into bed. Ross must have left shortly after me because 20 minutes later, I heard the front door open and close. The birthday boy came into the room and as I lay there crying, he said he was sorry. No hug, no comforting, just sorry. And he walked into his office and went to sleep. I barely slept that night. I thought about all the things that happened and why did they happen? Why wouldn't anyone stick up for me? Why didn't Ross get a grip of himself and realize it was wrong what he said and just be Ross? That is when it hit me that it was too late. Ross was being Ross. He was different now and there was nothing I could do about it. Ross was now a powerful lawyer making a million dollars driving around in a Porsche, working late nights to only crave more and more clients. Ross spent more time with his friends than home with me and our puppies. Ross would rather go out to eat because it was easier than deciding what he wanted. Because reality was, he didn't have to decide anymore. He got everything he wanted. He got the business of his dreams, his first millions, becoming a member at a prestigious country club, his sports car, and his Rolex. There was nowhere in room for me. It didn't matter how many times I cleaned the entire house, did the laundry, put away his clothes, cleaned up his home office, or cooked a meal. Ross wasn't coming home for any of that anymore. He came home to sleep, grab his golf clothes, and that was pretty much it. That night, I realized I didn't belong anymore and needed to leave. Ross asked me again for another break, and before he could question me tomorrow, I told myself it was time for me to go. Why would I stay? Why would I stay if he didn't even want me around? He never came home, and his friends are the ones who got the love I deserved. 
I started powering up my mind because Lord knows I was deep down and trying so hard to rise up. I finally cried myself asleep and woke up to Ross sitting in the chair across the room. Mia, this isn't working. We probably should separate. I couldn't cry anymore. I couldn't fall deeper into whatever darkness I was in. I grabbed whatever I'd left inside me and said what I had to say. Ross, I love you, but I am no longer in love with you. He froze and began to cry. I regretted, regretted saying it immediately, but I couldn't let him hurt me anymore. I knew he was going to kick me out again. I knew he would eventually divorce me, so I needed him to not win the battle of love. I truly thought if I told him that, he would confess of maybe cheating on me or doing something so bad for him to treat me this way. I wanted him to say something, but he said nothing and walked away. I didn't mean it, but it was too late. The next two months, we slept in separate rooms. We found a condo for me, and he put down the, pay the down payment and would pay the mortgage. Our last night together, March 6th, we slept in the same bed. He told me his back hurt from the futon and needed to sleep in the bed, and I was so happy to have him next to me. We held hands, and I cuddled up close. We made a pact that this would be for six months. In this six-month time period, we'd have Friday date nights, still hang out with friends, and in September, at the end of the six-month separation, we were to renew our vows, buy a house, and start a family. We kissed passionately that night and fell asleep hand in hand. The alarm went off. Moving day was here. And as happy as was to finally have a place away from arguing, I truly couldn't wait to move back in with Ross. We both agreed we needed this, and that made me feel a little bit better. But I hoped and prayed this was the right move. I wanted to give him what he wanted and wanted the same for me. We spent all day moving, and, helped, and he helped me put together my bed frame. He kissed me goodnight, and I already realized that I failed at moving as I brought no food with me to eat. I thought about getting into my car and just driving back over, but it was late, and I wasn't sure he wanted me back. I wanted to pack up my things and move back in and just rent out the place. I wanted to run into his arms and tell him I couldn't live without him, but when I called his cell, he didn't answer. I texted him. He didn't answer, and that answered my questions. I used to wake up and see a golf course, but now I see a parking lot. I used to plant flowers in the spring, but now I only have room for a hanging plant. I used to enjoy life, but now I just, I just let it pass by. I remembered watching two seasons pass by when I lived at my mother's without the man who said, I do. Funny how the through thick and thin part was as if it didn't exist at all. I started to think about our last night together. I started thinking it was the last time I would ever sleep next to him, and it was. I would never again fall asleep next to my husband. I would never again kiss him goodnight or goodbye. I would never again hold hands with him, and it wasn't a dream. It was reality. The divorce was finalized July 24th, 2013. Two months earlier, I had major ACL surgery. He didn't call once or stop by to see if I was okay. He didn't send flowers or a card. I hobbled into court that day and cried 90% of the time. The judge seemed to get upset as I wasn't speaking into the microphone, but I couldn't. He cried as well, and I thought if he was crying so much, then why wouldn't he just forget the divorce and make it work? He stood up, and I stood up as best as I could, and we exited the courtroom. We waited for the judge to hand us the paperwork, and with all the Russian motions, I passed out and was taken to the hospital. I hit my head pretty hard, and they wanted to make sure I was okay. Four hours later, and everything checking out okay, I sit in the hospital room with Ross never leaving my side. It was truly bittersweet because I wasn't sure why he was there or why he stayed. It was almost like he felt pity for me, no job, in school full-time, and a mortgage to pay for by myself minus a husband. The nurse asked me if I wanted him to leave, and I said no. I could have easily said yes, but I didn't want to be alone, and more so I had no money to pay for a cab to take me back to the courthouse where I parked my car. I hadn't been near Ross or in his car for five months, and when I questioned why he had bobby pins on the passenger side, I immediately thought they were there was a new girl in the picture, so I just threw them out the window as to remind her if she did exist, she was disgusting to be dating a married man. 
Russ asked me to lunch, and as much as I didn't want to go, I was really hungry. No breakfast because I had to go to court in the morning and really and didn't buy didn't really buy lunch to save money when I could. So a nice hot lunch sounded perfect. I felt like a worthless homeless person sitting across from him. He sat there in his suit and tie and me in scrubs and now more hospital debt after today to pay for. I knew my mascara probably was all over my face because of all the crying and my hair God only knows, but I just kept my head down the whole time so I didn't embarrass him. I tried to pretend I was so full so he wouldn't see how hungry I was, but I didn't want him to know. So I said I was full and when he got up to pay the bill, I hurried up and ate the rest of my sandwich. My world was crashing down as I became the person I never thought I would. Lonely, sad, and worthless was all I felt. I had hospital bills for my knee surgery adding up to $10,000, a mortgage to soon pay because that was part of the divorce settlement, and fear of not getting a job and making no money because massage therapists don't make a lot unless they are busting their butts, eventually burning themselves out, which for me would be impossible because I was still recovering from surgery on my knee. He drove me into my car, and I didn't know what to say. I'm not sure how he stayed so composed the entire time. I got out and closed the door and never saw him again unless I would pass him driving to work and he was coming home since we both live in the same small town. He didn't answer my calls or texts and I later found out via email that he met someone two months later in September and was happy. <clears throat> I told myself and my mother I didn't care who she was or what she looked like because he said he was happy and there was nothing I could do or would do about it. I myself was finding happiness in life and figured life goes on. The problem was everyone thought I was okay. I wasn't and something didn't feel okay. It was like my body wasn't allowing me to fully accept what he said, and that was more to the story. It wasn't until early the next year I understood why I felt those feelings. The crazy stuff that happens in the movies just became my reality. Twitter confirmed it all as she so much hoped for it. She, as in his new toy, tweeted out the hashtags, their one-year anniversary mark, their engagement, and the due date of the baby. He didn't divorce me because we fell out of love. He divorced me because he cheated on me, and only after three months of dating, she was pregnant. Not sure what God you're preaching, darling, but trust me, two sins like that will for sure grant you a whole lot of karma. She could truly be thankful for one thing, that my revenge wouldn't be me attacking her like she did me, but the karma that would soon haunt her for the rest of her life would be all she deserved. Chapter 15, Tweet Tweet. After my family found out the truth, it closed the door that I needed, closed. It gave me the answer as to why he wanted a divorce. I thought back to the date he asked me for the divorce and the date she tweeted their anniversary, and I thought, why did he wait an entire month to ask me for a divorce if he was so happy as she claimed? Was he that unsure about her? Was she just a fling and then she locked him in? Then again, if she couldn't clearly see the rebounding going on here and how I just moved out and how we were still married, then I just plain feel bad for her. Many asked me why I even looked at Twitter, and when I told them how she not only hashtagged my website's information, which I used to check for tracking readers, but she went as far as including me in her ordering of her baby crib so I could see the delivery date and where it was being delivered to. When the email was first sent, I called Pottery Barn Kids and told them they were sending out sensitive information and should be more careful when doing this. Pottery Barn Kids confirmed that my email was added for delivery purposes. The genius tried covering up her naive attempt by saying how when they put in the last name, my email address came up because of recent orders. Not only did I laugh at her lame story, but reminded her that my email address doesn't have my last name in first off, and second, I've never ordered from them. Clearly, someone is bitter and bored because I could care less, and the attention she so badly craved, she wasn't getting. Get a hobby and go kick rocks. Time went on, and Crazy Pants kept at it. Eventually, I had a lawyer following her as she started to slander and attack me on social media. Little did she know she was being watched, and Ross got a nice long email from me when I reminded him that I was the ex-wife, and I should be the one all upset and bothered about the new wife-to-be who commits adultery and bears a child out of wedlock, but I wasn't. I also told him that if it continued, I would have my lawyer contact her, so she would stop. 
He apologized and little did I know what he was going through. I didn't talk to him much after I found out what he did. I put him in the never open box because I couldn't believe that the Ross I met and fell in love with what with was the guy that did this. He was the old soul who opened doors for me, picked me fresh flowers, and whenever he we took pictures together, he always placed my hand on his heart. Ross was no longer that man, nor the powerful man he was when we separated earlier that year. Ross left his job to start his own firm and hit some pretty hard rocks along the way. Some said it was karma for what he did, but I don't wish harm or hurt on anyone. All I wanted was for him to be happy, but it seemed like when I told him what Crazy Pants was doing, he just let her go. So I did the same. Months later, and me no longer caring, I started working again in a school, finally securing money to save, and after looking over my finances, made the decision to move back in with my mom. I didn't know how long it would be a year or two, but I knew I couldn't let my savings disappear with a mortgage and tons of bills to pay solo. I was scared at first that I would lose myself because the last time I moved home is when we thought, I'm sorry, uh, when we went through a separation and I feared I would feel all those feelings again. And when realizing he was never coming to get me to come home this time, this was the reality. And the reality was this princess had her tower, but her prince wasn't coming ever. For the last two years, my life has been in boxes and I'm not even sure what I have anymore since half of my things I haven't seen since I moved into my condo a year ago. My life is now packed into an 8x10 storage unit, and whenever I would, I could take with me to my mother's, I took. My piano is in the purple room, the same purple room I used to sleep in every night and pray Ross would call me or come by when we first separated. My wedding dress is packed in a box, my wedding ring in a mason jar with all dried flowers he have ever gave me, and my hope barely live, but breaking ground inch by inch every day. I don't have much, just my hope. I don't have a true home yet, but I have love. I no longer have his heart, but his he forever has mine. So crazy pants, get off social media and go take care of the man you claim you love because it's starting to sound like you love me more with this 24-7 stalker session you have. Night, night. Chapter 16. Liar, liar, black heart is on fire. Only a few more hours of grading papers and I truly must get to sleep. Full week ahead, lesson plans completed, and life has been pretty rewarding thus far. Mia, Dottie's on the phone, yelled my mom. I was trying to figure out what this was all about, but I already had somewhat of an idea. Usually when I hear from Dottie, it is about either bills or the mortgage that Ross and I share, or it's about his wife-to-be. In the past, I had to contact Dottie about bills, and in the past, she had to contact me because Crazy Pants was complaining how I was attacking her on social media. Now, the first question I would ask her is as to why she's even looking at my social media. Stop being so vain because you are not that special to me. Unless she somehow believes my yoga poses or website posts are secretly decoded into her name. Hi, Dottie. How are you doing this fine night? Mia, I had to call you because Lucy said you were bothering her again on social media. I asked her to show me what was happening and she said she would. But I told her I'd be calling you because she also said something else. She said you wrote somewhere on Twitter how Ross isn't the father of the baby. I took a deep breath and truly just wanted to find out when she could meet me face to face and then say this to my face because I was getting really tired of this nonsense. I'm so sick and tired of this. I live my life and that is it. And she needs to start living hers. If you can find that on Twitter, please show me and let me know since I know I didn't write that and I would never even write something that dumb. I post about yoga on my website and that is about it. I don't care about her and her life and she is just mad that I don't care and needs to move on with her life because to me, she doesn't exist. There was a long silence as Dottie knew I was pissed and my mother just stood there looking at me. My mother was also fed up with this nonsense because it truly was sad how this girl couldn't just enjoy her life. In the past, she has written obnoxious things attacking me, and I let it go even though my lawyer did not want to. But seriously, give Crazy Pants a cookie. Maybe she'll shut up. 
A so-called adult who is married to her love and has baby has baby claims happiness yet stays up till 1 a.m. to attack me. Honey, glue the mat that mask you are wearing better because the uglier side is starting to peek through and you wouldn't want anyone to know the truth. Now would you? Toddy and I finished our conversation. I told her to please leave me out of the crazy complaining and tell to someone who cares. Even better was how all of a sudden when Dottie was supposed to go over and see this so-called tweet, she deleted her account. Of course you would dope because then Dottie would see the true you and why would you want that? It truly became more laughter than anything and I told Dottie to question why would she even say something like that if I never did. The more you have to hide, the more you have to cover. Only leads to the more you need to remember what is fact and what is fictional. It reminded me of my favorite Disney movie, Little Mermaid. Ursula was so miserable with her life that she took Ariel's voice and then changed her form to steal away the prince. Bottom line is, everyone saw a past evil spell, and eventually in time, that rugged voice came out, as did the horrifying octopus body. Dear Disney, I know earlier in my life I was mad at you about all the happily ever after stuff and Prince Charming, but you are right. There is a happily ever after. It just sometimes is not the way we want to see it, and I'm learning to be more patient. Love, Mia. Still secretly waiting to be Ariel for any production. After that, I did the hardest thing in the world and forgave Ross and her. I forgave Ross because we were on the outs and going through some hard things. Should we have given up? I don't think so. And I also regret telling him that I wasn't in love with him, but I'd rather forgive him than continue feeling the pain and going through the rest of my life in darkness being mad. I forgive her because I actually feel sorry for her. Sorry that she truly believes she is happy with herself. Happy people don't do things she has and will continue to do. Happy people don't have to prove things in life. They just live and love that, and that showcases the happiness they feel. I also forgive her because I do realize she has a large amount of growing up to do. Attacking a woman who just got divorced from her husband because she doesn't care to know about you and all you want to do is make, I'm sorry, and all you want to do makes you not happy and kind soul that deserves forgiveness, but a miserable, unhappy soul that should pray and be thankful I grant you that. It's okay. You don't have to tell your family and friends the truth. And even if they read all about it and still don't believe it, at least now they might have some notion of what you did and what you're all about. I will continue to walk my path, my new life, knowing that I once found love. And even if I can no longer hold his hand or be called his wife, I can say that I once experienced the greatest thing in the world that so many never experience. Chapter 17, Blessed. I'm 31 and I love my life. I sing, dance, trip on flat surfaces a lot, but I wouldn't change a thing. I invested eight years of my life with great love and even walked down the aisle and said my vows. I had a home and someone who truly loved me. Falling in love wasn't the scariest thing in life. Falling out of love was. I thought I had, a, I thought I had to because he fell in love with another and that scared me immensely. But then I realized that I didn't have to. I could hold on to that love for as long as I wanted to because it was my love and no one could t- tell me any other way. September 2015, I get to watch my little sister walk down the aisle and marry the man of her dreams, and I can't wait, because love is what keeps me alive, and love will always surpass the dark moments. I thank my father and my mother for teaching me to keep going, my sisters for allowing me to completely soak their shoulders as I cried on them numerous times, my brothers for reminding me just to be a kid again and have fun, my nephew who with one hug and kiss could fix everything, and my friends for always being 100% biased and reminding me I kissed the wrong frog. So maybe you're reading this going through a breakup, an argument, or even a divorce, and you want one piece of advice to get from this. Listen to the one you love always. I don't mean to sit there and hear him, her out, and nod your head so it will end. I mean, truly listen to them. So after listening to my friend's unsolicited advice, I walked up to the man that took my breath away one night and gave gave him my number. He texted me, we laughed and joked around, and then he told me he was in a relationship and that ended my excitement with Jake. Jake also was placed in the a-hole box for that one. Sucks because not only was he so gorgeous, but a chef too. 
What can I say? I'm a sweet girl with a sour ending. Now back to my vampire diaries and high school crushing with Paul Wesley. Call me. And that is the end of my book. It only took me how many years, uh, the year of podcasting, to uh, finish the book. But um, like I said, you can get this book on Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com. It's called Paper Bag Princess. And yeah, I'm going to wrap things up. I'm going to enjoy the rest of this dreary rainy day. And remember that you can always log on to anchor.fm slash for Pinoyan Life, the name of this podcast. You can leave me a message or you can email me at thequeenbuzz at gmail.com. And yeah, let's talk more next Sunday. Bye, guys.